from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Hope you're doing well and enjoying your week. We are at that midweek point, folks. Enjoying it, having some fun, and having a phenomenal week. I hope that you are, we are, having a great time. So God bless to each and every single one of you and... I appreciate you being a part of the broadcast. I appreciate you being a part of Wake Up Call in general on wakeupcalldt.com where you can get all of the archives on the RSS feed, the iTunes store, the downloadable app powered by Podbean. For everybody that's with us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, where we've had a huge increase on Twitter at CallDT, on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. However you're interacting with us, we appreciate it, we love it, we thank you for it, and it's just uh, it's a blessing. It's really a blessing to reach out and try and touch the community and then have the community respond with so much positivity, with your ears, with your eyes, with your thoughts, with your comments, and, and everything. So thank you so much for your positivity, and thank you for all that you do. And a big shout-out, we we aired one video in one place, and that was it. We aired it on Facebook and Facebook alone, and that is a video of myself and Jim Rysikowski, the owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, when we went and surprised the Canteen, which is a great organization helping out kids in the community and young adults in the community, and I want to give a special thank you to them. We have had over 1,500 views of our video that's only available on Facebook. So that's just Facebook's numbers, nothing else. We want to thank everybody that's been so supportive, so wonderful, so positive. We want to send a special, special thank you to you for all that you did to make this video something special and to let the community see something so special. So much appreciation to you for that and a big thank you to you for that. So we're more than proud to have done what we did, more than proud to have been a part of it, and we will be doing many more things with Chick-fil-A in the future here, so we just want to send a special thank you to each and every one of you that have watched the video, that were at the canteen, that are at Chick-fil-A, obviously to Jimmer, and and just it's it's been a ball to do things like that and to reach out to the community and have the community reach back in such an amazing and wonderful way. So thank you to each and every single one of you for all that you do. Much appreciated. So with that being said, let's hop into the morning menu. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is... Live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. we got a lot to talk about this morning in just a couple minutes. 
The man's going to be back on the show. Basketball coach and analyst Dave Paziak will be joining me to speak on the current state of the NBA playoffs, the draft lottery that was last night, which I watched live, and the NBA draft as a whole as well. We're going to get into some of your polling questions, some of the thoughts that you had on that. We're obviously going to discuss game two between the Celts and the Cavaliers. We're also going to get into that NBA draft lottery and who the number one pick went to and so much more in the first hour of the show. This is going to be a basketball-centric show. We're keeping to the court, and we will be discussing, like I said, the draft lottery, who ended up winning this thing, how it all went down. We will also get into the NBA draft itself with Dave Paziak and NBA playoffs. The Boston Celtics up 2 to nothing before they head to Cleveland, Ohio, to try and close this thing out. The sooner the better for those Celts as the Cavs are back two games to start things off. And then he went from New Hartford, New York, to Long Island Lutheran, to now the Dayton Flyers. Frankie Policelli, no stranger to the show, and an amazing story. And as I've told you for the last couple years, one of those guys that somehow, someway, Syracuse let get away. He has a story to tell, and you will hear it today at 10 a.m. Eastern Time when Frankie Policelli of New Hartford, New York, which is where the Fourth Wall Comics and Collectibles is located, which is a proud partner of Superpowered Pop, which you can check out on superpoweredpop.com. Frankie Policelli from New Hartford, New York. An hour away. That's all it is, folks. An hour away from Syracuse, New York. Just an hour away from the Carrier Dome. And when Mike Hopkins was was here, they recruited him a little bit. Hadn't offered him yet. Mike went to Washington. He gets the offer. He also got offers from... Iona, Stony Brook, VCU, Hofstra, Manhattan, Towson, Rhode Island, St. Bonaventure, UMass, St. Joe's, Rutgers, Old Dominion, Tulane, Cincinnati, Illinois, Maryland, George Washington, Fordham, and Texas Tech, besides Dayton and Washington. Right in the backyard of the Syracuse Orange, and he's heading off to Dayton, Ohio, where ironically... The Syracuse Orange had just played in the first four, and ironically, Alan Griffin, assistant coach of the Syracuse Orange, that's where his post was before coming back to Syracuse. So, Dayton, Ohio, which means that I'm going to have to pay a lot of attention to what's going on in good old Dayton because Frankie Policelli, great, great young man, hardworking kid, a lot of fun, extremely respectable, and just we built a relationship two, three years ago. And I cannot wait to share his story now that he has found a home, found a place for himself. It's going to be an extreme honor for me that Dayton and this conversation is going to be coming up in just a little bit. So, you know, you got to support all the kids. Doesn't matter where they go. I know a lot of people, you know, they they want them to come to Syracuse. You know, the show is based in central and upstate New York. Florida is our second home. So I know that people are always talking about Syracuse, 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 or the ACC or whatever it may be. But wherever a player goes, whatever they choose, whatever ends up happening, I'm going to support that. If they're good people in the community doing good things, keeping themselves out of trouble and working their butts off, it doesn't matter to me where they go. And Frankie Policelli is homegrown talent right here in central and upstate New York. And for somehow, some way, for some reason, they let him sneak past him. And Dayton could be getting a steal in this thing. I really hope they are getting a steal in this thing. Because Frankie Policelli, like I said before, good young man. So I can't wait to tell his story at 10 a.m. Eastern time today. He will be with me. So basketball-centric, folks. 
Better start dribbling. Better get ready for this. Having some fun. We'll take a step aside. You'll hear that ball dribble. And when that ball is done bouncing, and you're done hearing from some of our great partners in Central and Upstate New York, Dave Paziak will be back on the broadcast. NBA Draft Lottery, the NBA Draft as a whole, and the NBA Playoffs. What's going on, LeBron? What's happening? How did Boston, without Gordon Hayward and your boy Kyrie Irving, get up two to nothing on you, Bron? Bron, what's going on? I thought that after I thought that you let Game One just kind of go past you, so you can feel it out and fizzle it out because you know it's, it's just you're not phased by anything, and it doesn't matter. And you know, I just I I'm happy he's not phased by anything. But that whole response to Game One, man, I just I want to see their pace, I want to see their energy, I want to see how they do this and that. And then once I know, I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna get after. It. I'm gonna do this, that. Forty points, triple double, doesn't matter. Why? Because Boston is a team, and the Cavaliers are LeBron James. We'll take a step aside. This is a wake-up call, fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, Carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513 or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me Buy a house, find the right place. Could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also. Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. 
Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Always happy to be here with you every morning, Monday through Friday weekly from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and it is my great pleasure, honor, and privilege to have Dave Paziak back on the show basketball coach and analyst. He's with the Linden Hornets in Vermont, and he has been a phenomenal analyst of the game, be it high school, collegiate, any level, of spe- you know, professional level, of course, when it comes to the sport of basketball. The game is the game is the game, and Dave knows this game inside and out, and he is here with us today to discuss a lot of different things that have been going on. The NBA draft lottery was last night, which I watched live here in my studio, and saw who got the number one pick. And uh, once it's all said and done, it looks like no surprise, but it is a lottery. And then we'll, we will discuss the draft a little bit here as well. And we will get into the NBA playoffs with the Celtics up 2 to nothing against Cleveland. And the Warriors up 1 to nothing against the Rockets at the time of conversation here on Wednesday, May 16th. And uh, we will also discuss the Toronto Raptors, Dwayne Casey's firing, and so much more. So with that being said... We've got a jam-packed conversation coming up with this man. And Dave, how are you doing today? I'm great, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. And and Dave, first and foremost, since we were talking about it off the air, Dwayne Casey, I, I want to bring up a poll that I asked on Twitter here. And you can follow us at uh, CallDT for Wake Up Call. That's C-A-L-L-D-T. And the poll that I had put up had the question on Dwayne Casey's firing and it was whether or not people agreed with the firing of Dwayne Casey. And you had four options. You could strongly agree with it, agree with it, strongly disagree with it, or disagree with it. And this is what we got back. 63% of you strongly disagreed with the firing of Dwayne Casey. 26% of you disagree with it. No one strongly agreed with it. And 11% agreed with it. So an overwhelming 89% of the people polled on Twitter said we are str- we are strongly or at least disagree a little bit with the firing of Dwayne Casey the overwhelming majority not liking this decision what did you think about it well i thought it's kind of a crazy decision um you know i've never been like the biggest Dwayne Casey fan but i think he's you know proven that he's a he's a solid nba coach and took a team that was really um you know amongst amongst the bottom feeders and improved them on a consistent basis. They're the you know best record in second best record in the league. People forget that they had a better record in Golden State this year. Um, you know best best record in the East, and he gets fired because they can't get past LeBron James. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of people. Um, you know, if that's the criteria for holding on to your job, then you know maybe uh, maybe Ty Lue and Eric Spolster are the only guys that should have jobs in the East. Um, you know, what's Boston going to do? Fire you know Stevens if Cleveland comes back and wins the series, but uh, you know the, the the rationale for um, yeah, for firing Casey to me it smacked of a little bit of front office desperation you know, on, on Toronto's part. Um, they're locked into uh, the roster now, um, laid some big uh, big dollars out on some contracts, so they don't have a lot of roster flexibility. So um, you know, I think it's a little bit of you know. We're trying to do something to, to, to take the next step, and this is the thing that we can do. But you know, it's one of those things where you would 
think that Jerry had a pretty good idea who he's going to hire as the next head coach before letting Casey go. Because if he doesn't, it has the potential of really blowing up on them. Um, you know, be careful of what you wish for. And if Toronto takes a significant backwards step um, with a different head coach and pretty much the same roster, uh, then I think you'll see some changes in the front office a year from now. Well, and, and speaking here with Dave Paziak of the Linden Hornets and also an, an analyst that's, that we've utilized here on Wake Up Call for years for the sport of basketball and, and, and even outside of that, when, when you look at this, like you said, Dave, you know, Dwayne Casey brought Toronto out of the basement. You know, Toronto was a team that did some good things with Damon Stoudemire back in, you know, the mid-90s. He was Rookie of the Year. Then, obviously, Vince Carter, when he went up against the Philadelphia 76ers and missed that buzzer beater when he fell into the sideline and fell over the chair with that last-second fadeaway heave. We look at some of the other things that they had done getting to the playoffs and at least making a spark. But as of late and recently, you know, this is a team that sniffed the NBA Finals and has been consistent in making the playoffs the last few seasons. But LeBron James has been the thorn in their side. I mean, you're right as far as if, if they don't have the, the heir apparent to Dwayne Casey, this is going to be an issue because beating LeBron is a very difficult thing to do. And I don't think it's a coaching problem. I think it's a personnel problem. And I think that they've overpaid for some guys and put themselves in not the greatest of situations. But, I mean, is there anybody out there that if you're a GM, would you call right now with with being Toronto and needing to fill that vacancy? Well, I mean, if you're looking for a guy that's, you know, a proven guy and you know, it's a name you hear kicked around as Budenholzer. Um you know, if you believe a lot of, of what's been what's been reported and some of what's on the rumor mill, it seems like he's probably a leading candidate there. And um, in terms of an NBA guy that's that, that's got a track record and um, has you know took Atlanta to kind of the same level that Toronto's gotten to, um, he would be a guy to look at. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a, it seems like the trend is to to give the on the rise assistants a shot. I don't know if there's a guy out there that Toronto's really in love with that they think could um, you know you hear Stackhouse's name kicked around a little bit. Um, you know there may be a guy like that that they're um, you know that they're looking at as the next guy, but I I don't see like the real home run hire out there that you know you're not getting Phil Jackson or um, Pat Riley or, you know, a, a Hall of Fame caliber coach that is out there that's that's going to take that job and, um, you know, as far as selling it to the fan base and everything, as far as actually producing results, um, you know, I think a guy like Boonholz is probably as good a hire as, as anybody they could come up with at this point. So Boonholzer, who was most recently, as Dave said, with the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, that's a guy – that that you can look to, but I mean, is there is what about the the Van Gundy option? I, I mean, I know I know Stan Van Gundy has his moments. I know that he doesn't shy away from putting himself out there in the media and being a lightning rod at times. But what do you think about him? I mean, I, I think he's a viable option if he's looking to jump right back into something. Um, I think the downfall in in Detroit. I mean. It, it has not worked out in most situations. More times than not, it doesn't work out well when 
for Van Gundy to take it and, and strictly be the basketball coach. Um, I mean, he's a, he's an option if he's looking to get right back in it, and he's a guy with you know with a with a name and with a track record. Um, is he going to significantly upgrade them from Casey? Uh, I mean, that's debatable. And then, I mean, as we go beyond that, to look at another option that that could be there for the Raptors, there is the conversation on Becky Hammond and what could come of. Her history right now that, that there's a conversation that she deserves an opportunity to get out there. What do you think about Becky Hammond? She's obviously made the news with what Greg Popovich did with putting her on the staff. What do you think about the potential there? Well, um, I guess she's on Milwaukee's list of candidates. You know, supposedly she's one of the ten people there either have interviewed or will be interviewing and whatnot. But uh, I think the fact that she's uh, a female um, – Kind of a, a, a groundbreaking female in the in the NBA coaching ranks. Um, I think that's certainly commendable, and she's got Popovich's stamp of approval, which um, certainly would carry a lot of weight as well. I think that if they identify her as the you know the best candidate for the job, then uh, I think that she should get that opportunity. Um, the flip side of that is I don't think that being a female should be the criteria to bump her ahead of other people simply because of the story that it would create. Um, I think she should be given every opportunity in the process, and if she's the, um, she emerges as the best candidate, then, um, th- then go for it. Yeah, I mean, so we have uh, Mike Budenhauser, Stan Van Gundy, Becky Hammond, Jerry Stackhouse, some names that are out there, potential names for the Toronto Raptors as they move forward. But either way, this is something that's going to, in my opinion, kind of hurt them in moving forward. They have been known to roll the dice a lot and draft a lot of international guys. And I know that there's some international guys that come through and, and have been good, but on the other end of it, there's a lot of them that haven't panned out for the Raptors that don't typically look within the States lately for their picks, but they don't have any picks, Dave. They gave up their 29th pick to Brooklyn in the DeMar Carroll salary dump, and they gave up their 59th pick, which would be in the second round, to Phoenix for the P.J. Tucker trade. So thoughts on this. In my opinion, Toronto's got to trade back into this thing. Right now they have no picks. Your thoughts on that? Well, they're they're in a little bit of purgatory right now. Um, they probably overpaid on some contracts. Um, DeRozan, Lowry, Ibaka, Valanciunas, overpaid on some contracts. So, uh, like you said, they they don't have picks. They don't have a lot of cap wiggle room to be able to go out and um, and get guys. And Toronto can be a tough free agent sell in the first place. Um, it, you know, it's not totally beyond. I, I, they'll never. They won't get anybody to pick up Lowry's contract. I don't think. Um, they may float DeRozan out there and see what what he would bring in return um, on the open market. Uh, that would, might be a way to get some assets back, but uh, um, they're in a little bit of, of roster purgatory, though. And I just the the problem with dealing DeRozan is, and I think DeRozan probably played a bigger role in Casey's dismissal than has been talked about, just with. You know, the fact that Casey 
Casey may have sealed his fate a little bit when he didn't play DeRozan down the stretch in game three and four in the last series. But uh, um, but if they dangled DeRozan and got a great package for him, um, maybe from a team that is trying to shift into win now mode, um, you know that may be one way to get assets. But the thing that you know if, if they go that route, then they're going to take a um, a significant step back. Like a, a, I heard on uh, on the radio a couple days ago, the, um, the play-by-play voice for the Raptors was on there, and he made a great point. He said, at, at some point, the LeBron window is going to close, and Toronto has done a really, his expression was they, they've kept themselves at the, at the front of the line, which I, I thought, you know, was a really good way of looking at it. They've kept themselves right there so that, you know, at some point LeBron leaves Cleveland and goes to the West or he starts to decline or whatever the case may be. You know, Toronto has put themselves in a position where they're right there um, to seize that opportunity if and when it it should come up. The, the problem for them is that window is closing a little bit and you got teams on the rise in the East. You know, Boston's got a great young roster. Philly's got a great young roster. Um, they both have draft picks coming up, so those rosters are going to get better. Um, you know, you look at Indiana, I think, is another team with um, with a good, young, talented roster. Um, Milwaukee, you know, if they made a couple of moves and add a part or two, um, has, has potential to um, kind of reach that next echelon of teams. So the East is... Uh, you know, Toronto's window to be like that next team in line is closing. So um, they're in a really, really precar- precarious situation as far as what direction they want to go in. That coming from Dave Paziak, basketball coach and analyst. And you kind of echoed something that I had said earlier on here on the show this week, which was about the fact, and last week too, the overpayment of some players, uh, Kyle Lowry, you know, your highest paid player on the Toronto team should be DeMar DeRozan if it's going to be anybody. And somehow Lowry's making money that I said makes him look like Steph Curry on paper. And, and there could not be more of a – there's a substantial divide between the two of them. So they need to make changes for sure. So moving on here, and we spoke on the draft a little bit with the fact that Toronto doesn't have any picks the lottery happened, Dave. I'm sure that you were watching it. I was watching it live. Phoenix got the number one pick. Sacramento, the two. Atlanta, the three. Then Memphis, Dallas, Orlando, Chicago, Cleveland, because the rich get richer. They got that from Brooklyn. The New York Knicks have the ninth pick because they're in purgatory, and they've been there for a while. Philly's got the tenth. Then Charlotte. Then the Clippers have the sec- the twelfth and thirteenth. Back-to-back picks. One of them coming from Detroit. And Denver has the fourteenth pick. And then we move on from there with the way the things had shaped out. But Phoenix is going to take the first pick. If they don't trade it, I believe this is the first time that they'll ever pick first outright. What do you think about how the lottery shaped out? And and then secondarily, I asked if you were the Phoenix Suns, who would you draft? And we already got some answers, hints, uh, pretty substantial here. DeAndre Ayton, uh, they have 54%. Marvin Bagley, the third, 14%. And Luka Doncic, we have 31% for him. So what do you think about how the lottery shaped out? And if you were Phoenix, where would you go? Well, as far as how the lottery shaped out, I think all the NBA conspiracy theorists that you know for years think the lottery is rigged. Um, I'm sure the NBA didn't set it up to have uh, – Phoenix, Sacramento, and Atlanta is the last three teams standing. So I think you can put those theories to bed for good after that. Um, but uh, anyways, Phoenix, I think Phoenix is an interesting, an interesting place because they've got 
you know, Booker, I think, is one of the really good young talents in the league. And, you know, they've got some guys, you know, Josh Jackson and some guys that, you know, could emerge to, uh, um, you know, to be really impactful players in the league. And if they can hit a home run with this pick, I think Phoenix is a team that you could see, um, you could see them take a pretty significant step forward in the next couple of years. And, you know, be that team out west that kind of equates to the, you know, the Philly and the Boston in the east that where they, you know, they've accumulated some good young talent. And as they come together, they, you know, they become a pretty formidable team to deal with. Um, you know, Doncic is probably the most NBA ready and, um, you know, probably the best player in the draft to have, um, you know, to make a short to medium term impact. Um, but I mean, they could go a bunch of different ways with that. And there's, you know, it's also been floated out there that, you know, they could, uh, they could deal the pick for, you know, to accumulate more assets. Um, to, I mean, I think that's a tough, that would be a tough sell and a tough move to make. Um, you know, because if they deal the pick and the pick turns into an elite level player, um, you know, the, it's going to be really, really difficult for them to, you know, them them to explain that away in their in, to their fan base and everything. But uh, um, you know, I, I think I mean it's a great opportunity for them because, like I said, if they hit a home run and and come up with the right pick, uh, they made a really interesting you know coaching hire with Kaskasov. Um, he's a guy with obviously European ties and a Doncic tie, so. Um, I mean, kind of reading the tea leaves, it seems like that would be the direction that they may go. Um, but um, DeAndre Ayton would be an interesting pick also because he's an Arizona guy. So, um, I, you know, really, I think, you know, if you're a fan of the Suns um, and that basketball community and everything, I think it's a really exciting time there because, um you know the windows opening for them to, to to really make a big jump forward and um, become a serious player in the NBA. That coming from Dave Paziak, basketball coach and analyst here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Proud to be here with you this morning discussing the NBA and what's going on. Before we take a step aside and 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 then jump into the playoffs, Dave, to look at the Philadelphia 76ers, we're used to them being in in these top 10 picks and, and they're in there they're they're number 10 but they have six picks this year in the 2018 NBA draft they have the 10th the 26th and then in the in second in the second round they have the 38th the 39th the 56th and the final pick of the draft 60th so Philadelphia can shop around bounce around do what they need to do but they have plenty of picks coming up here what are your thoughts on a Philadelphia still having the opportunity to stack up on talent. You know, people want to disregard the second round, but there's only 60 players drafted. And even though there's not guaranteed money in the second round, you have thousands of players from all over the country and outside of the country in this thing. So the opportunity to scout well and make good decisions, Philadelphia could make out with four picks in the second round. So first and foremost, Philadelphia's draft this year, knowing that they have six picks and, and four of those in the second round, and then secondly, I know they lost. I know they didn't really hold on too well against Boston, but is this a team of the future to you? Well, I hope so as a long-suffering Sixers fan. Um, 
you know, I, I think if you would have said at the beginning of the year that Philly's going to get to the conference finals and have the third best record in the East, um, coming off what's going on there the last, you know, five years or so, I think any anybody in the organization and Sixer fans would have signed on for that in a heartbeat. Um, so I think they're no question that I mean they've got a great young core and. Um, you know, some of their flaws were exposed a little bit against Boston. Um, I think they uh, be interesting to see what they do. I mean, it's going to be hard for them to bring back like guys like Redick and Bellinelli and Ilya Silva and whatnot. So I think uh, they they've got to add some perimeter shooting and ideally perimeter shooting that's a little bit more versatile than those guys. Um, you know, they're a team like through that through the whole process thing. Um, you know, there was a lot of guys in and out of Philly, and some of them probably didn't belong in the league and wouldn't have stuck in a bunch of places. But they did kind of uncover a couple of, um, you know, NBA viable players, you know, guys like McConnell and Covington and whatnot. Um, you know, so I'm hopeful that, you know, with the, with, I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to hit with four second round picks, but you hope, you know, quantity of picks and you hope that they hit on one or two become impact guys um, but I think they're a team if they if they can add some perimeter shooting perimeter scoring that you know that's also long enough and versatile enough to um, you know, to match up with Boston's young wing players in the, in the years to come um, I think they're certainly on the right trajectory you know, the other fascinating thing out there is you hear Philly as a destination for LeBron so you know do they do they shift to more of a um, go for it now mentality, and maybe package some of the picks that they still have stockpiled, or um, you know, some of their one of their young talents to you know try to add LeBron and maybe you know, another high-level free agent to the mix because they do it, and they've got a bundle of cap space to work with too. So uh, I think it's inter- it'll be interesting to see you know if they stay the course with the young talent or if they. Um, you know, try to you know try to add that that you know LeBron James, Paul George type impactful, um, take you to the next level now free agent. So, um, but I certainly like like where they're headed, and you know it's it, it'll be nice to have you know that that Sixers Celtics rivalry um, is shaping up over the next few years to be something meaningful potentially. That coming from Dave Paziak, basketball coach for the Linden Hornets in Vermont, and also basketball analyst as well as we look at what the future could be for LeBron James in a different uniform and where we go from here. We're going to discuss LeBron and so much more right after this quick, fast break. We'll be back with you to discuss Boston up 2 to nothing on Cleveland, and then if anybody can beat Golden State in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's 
it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so, you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you with us here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And we thank you for being here today on Wednesday, May 16th of the great year 2018. We are discussing the NBA draft, NBA draft lottery, NBA playoffs, a little bit of everything with Dave Paziak, Lyndon Hornets head coach out of Vermont and a basketball analyst that we've been more than proud to have on the show for many years. And with that being said, we continue the conversation with Dave. We open it up to his thoughts 
on the Cavaliers and the Celtics two games in. You've heard my thoughts, folks, as as we've gone through this series early, and, and now that we've stepped into this morning, LeBron James, 42 points in 39 minutes, 29 shots he took, made 16 of them, made 5 of 11 of his three-pointers, and added 10 rebounds and 12 assists. Did have six turnovers, so he's had a little bit of a turnover problem lately in these last couple games, but 42 points in 39 minutes, a triple-double, and the team loses because besides him and Kevin Love, who accounted for 66 points, the rest of the team really didn't get much of anything except for Corver, who was able to get to double digits with 11 points off the bench. So thoughts on the Cavs down two games to Boston as they head to Cleveland, Dave. What are your, I know that you're a LeBron fan, and yeah, I know you got a lot of respect for him. What do you think about his position in this series? Well, I mean, he showed up and Love showed up last night. Their role players were awful. Um, you know, Corver got it going in the first half, but then I think Boston did a better job of staying home on him in the second half. Um, so that limited what he could do. Uh, but I mean, J.R. Smith was embarrassing last night. I mean, it was, I, I don't remember what the, I, I think the final stat was something like 41 to three, um, Boston starting guards outscored Cleveland starting guards last night with some, something along those lines. I mean, George Hill was, he was missing action and. J.R. Smith was a negative. I mean, the, the the game, Cleveland had got it back to six points late, and I think Boston scored, and so it was like an eight-point game at time to play. But, I mean, the play where J.R. shoved Horford in the back, one is it was just, you know, a dirty punk play. But, you know, the other thing is it just completely, Boston probably still holds on to win the game, but it completely took away any chance Cleveland had of, of stealing that game last night. And, um you know, that said, uh, role players always, you know, in the NBA, I think more than any other sport historically, role players more times than not play much better at home than they do on the road. Um, you know, and that's true with Boston. I mean, Boston hasn't lost at home this year, and they're 1-4 on the road in the playoffs. So um, when it goes back to Cleveland, you would expect, um, you know, some of the supporting cast guys, whether it's JR, whether it's Tristan Thompson, which I just don't understand why Lou, Takes him out of took him out of the rotation again in, in game one, but uh, you know I think he just um, they need him on the floor. I think part of the reason Love had a uh, had, had an effective game last night was the fact that they they had Tristan Thompson on the floor for um, longer stretches, which kind of puts Love in a more favorable matchup. But uh, um, you know I, the thing I didn't like about Cleveland is the you know the way they the way they finished the game, their, their, their defensive effort in the second half was really poor last night. And, um, you know, one of the things that didn't get talked about in that game, um, I think as much as it could have or should have, is Cleveland kind of had things going their way uh, in the first half. And they got the ball back up nine. I think Boston scored to get it back to single digits. Cleveland gets the ball back up nine. And, uh, Threw it away. Boston scores again, and Cleveland really didn't get a very good shot in their last possession uh, of the first half. So, you know, I kind of I tweeted this out last night. I think um, I said if Boston comes back to win, that's going to be the, the, the under under uh, recognized turning point because there was a kind of a big momentum shift at halftime with Boston coming in feeling good about themselves and cutting it to seven instead of. You know, Cleveland should have gone in halftime with minimally a nine-point lead, maybe an eleven or twelve-point lead, and uh, you 
turning point. And in the second half, in the third quarter when Boston took control of the game, um, you know, they run good stuff on offense. I, you know, I, I'll grant you that. But, I mean, they didn't even have to run much. I mean, they got wide open looks and, and um, you know, lanes to the basket, wide open threes really easily against Cleveland. I thought they're, they're you know, they had a, com- a really complete defensive breakdown in the third quarter. Um, you know, and that said, it was still, like I said, six-point game late until JR's antics. But from the point of JR's antics, it seemed like, you know, that really deflated Cleveland. And, and you know, the way they finished that game in terms of lack of energy and some bad body language and all that, um, that's a little pause for concern. But also, you know, they don't play again until Saturday. So, I mean, they got a couple days to, to you know, try to right the ship. And Boston held serve. You know, at the end of the day, Boston won the two home games. Now, Cleveland goes back and wins the two home games. We're having a, you know, a different conversation a week from now. So, um be interesting to see if they can if they can kind of turn turn things around a little bit yeah you know looking at the this series and kind of how it's gone I mean LeBron James when he was with Miami you look at the role players that he had there I mean he had Dwayne Wade and he had Chris Bosh but you look at what he had around him as well some of those guys like the Mike Millers and whatnots of the world do you feel that the role players on this team are you know, don't even hold a candle to it. I mean, how much do you put on the role players? Because I mean, I I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of the there's that superstar guy, and then you know, almost everybody else is a role player. That's why I like Boston's makeup more, and that's why I feel like they're more of a fun team to watch. But what do you think about LeBron's kind of supporting cast? And like I've said, if if it's a movie, he's Denzel Washington, and everybody else is a relative unknown. Maybe Kevin Love is Kevin Hart or something like that. I don't know, but. When you look at at the Cavaliers, do you like this setup? Because for me, I'm not surprised when there's not a ton of help coming. I mean, not that these guys aren't capable, but I I just it's not Miami to me, and it's it's not close. No, I agree with you. I mean, um, you know, when he was in Miami, I mean, you had the Ray Allen's. You know, was like a really high level specialist. you had the guy, you know, you had guys like Haslam who were really like glue guys that um, kind of kept the locker room together, and and of course you had Wade, who's a, who's an all time great player. Um, you know, in Cleveland, uh, yeah. The, the other thing you forget about Cleveland is they retooled the roster mid mid street this year too. So, um, you know, in that sense, them even being at this point, I think. Um, you know, is somewhat praiseworthy, but uh, um, you know, I, outside of LeBron and Love, it just it, it it seems like a team. You know, and I don't know if this is Ty Lue or just a function of the roster turnover. You know, on the fly, um, but it, they just they they feel like a team that just hasn't really latched on to an identity or a rotation and, and guys haven't really, you know, when they first made the move, it looked like, you know, the, the young energy with the Clarksons and the hoods and the Nance, you know, they were, you know, they were going to provide them with a, a boost of energy. Remember how impressive that team looked the first few games um, that those guys played with them. I think they ran, you know, blew out Boston during that stretch, but uh, um, you know, but then it, it seems like 
as we came down the stretch and everything, Ty Lue kind of settled into, um, you know, the guys he's comfortable with or, or um, have, have done it with him before, the J.R. Smiths of the world and, um, you know, Corver and, uh, and George Hill, some of the veteran guys. Um, so I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. Like, I mean, like I said, I mean, the, the, and the whole narrative could change next game, you know, playing at home and, um, you know, somebody steps up, whether it's, you know, Thompson or Clarkson or Corver or whoever the case may be, um, you know, they step up and have a big game. And again, we're having a different conversation in a week, but, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think the supporting cast is probably, it's not as good as what LeBron's had around him. Um, probably since it's, I mean, it's much better than the supporting cast he had his first go-round in Cleveland when he took that team to the finals, but, you know, it was a different league at that time, too. Um, but, you know, it's probably not as bad as, like, the narrative uh, paints it to be at some point in time, points in time, but it's it's not as good as what he's had in his, you know, his earlier years in Cleveland or the time in Miami, either. That comment from Dave Pazak. Dave, before we, uh, we saddle up here with the first hour of the show, the... Other side of it, the Warriors and the Rockets. We talked uh, off the air about this a little bit, how I think the Golden State Warriors, uh, no matter who they're playing right now, are a very dangerous team. If they, if they are to get out of this and they face Boston or Cleveland, I feel I, I would lean on the side of Golden State as far as what they're capable of doing. I, I still go back to that New Orleans Pelicans series and say that the New Orleans Pelicans have a bunch of offense, a bunch of talent, but Golden State, you know, when it's a shootout, they're going to win this thing. When it's a shootout, the the guy on the other side's dropping when both guns are drawn. So, what do you think about this series? I know that at the time we're talking, we're only one game in. Houston, like Toronto, number one seed. It wasn't Cleveland. It wasn't Golden State. Not Boston. You know, Houston got the number one in the West, but now they are going up against the Golden State Warriors, who have a ton of talent between Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, who doesn't age. Draymond Green, who's not big on scoring but does the other things and is kind of that Rodman-type player. What do you think about this series and, and where this series can go, knowing that you have your James Harden, who, like LeBron, can score in the 40s, and you got Chris Paul, who is one of the best point guards in the nation. I think anybody would agree with that with 23 points in this game most recently. Where, where do you see this going when it comes to Houston trying to battle up against a team that seems to dictate a lot in the here and now? Well, I mean, Houston, everything they did and the moves they made and kind of the roster they put together, it's all been done kind of with an eye on being able to take down Golden State. And, um, you know, yeah, they got them two out of three in the regular season and they ended up with the best record in the league. Um, but the, the, the thing with Golden State is they've got a margin for error and uh, a margin for one of their star players not necessarily being at the top of his game and still being able to, you know, to compete at a high level and to win. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing with them. They have a margin for error that, uh, that other teams in the league don't have, including Houston, including Cleveland, including Boston, including, um, Toronto, any of the other high level teams in the league. Um, they've got, you know, they don't have to have a huge game from Curry to win. They don't have to have a huge game from Durant to win or Thompson or whatever. Um, 
you know, I mean, you look, we, we talked about Cleveland. I mean, they got a huge game from LeBron and a big game out of love, and they still got beat last night, you know. So um, Golden State has that margin for error. And the other thing, because they put so many weapons on the floor, um, you know, Curry is Curry's really not a very good defender, and, you know, he's a guy who, like, gambles for steals and takes a lot of chances, but he's not a, he's not a particularly good individual defender. But because the rest of their lineup is so good, um, it, affords him, it affords them that luxury. Um, you know, Houston, I thought, really almost to the point of overkill, really tried to attack Curry the other night. And, I mean, they had success with it. Harden dropped a boatload of points. But, uh, um, you know, Golden State, I think, has the ability to compensate for those things better than any team we've seen in a long time. And as, I mean, when you look at this kind of moving forward here, we did have a question that came up here, and I want to get to that really quick. Came from one of our listeners, asked if Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, if he was available, if, if, if we had DeMarcus Cousins out there for the Pelicans, do you think it would have changed anything about this series with Golden State? Well, I mean, it's a totally different game. Like, when, when New Orleans lost Cousins, um, they – changed their identity a little bit quite a bit actually and they became like the one of the quickest pace teams in the nba like they played it at a pace probably equal to or maybe even greater than what golden state was playing at the problem is when you try to play that way against golden state it plays right into their strengths um you know the the the, the free-flowing up and down game now with cousins it's a different game because they become more um, more inside oriented um, you know I think it, it would have been an interesting series I don't know that the result would have been a whole lot different but it would have been um, from a contrast standpoint it would have become it would have been very interesting because playing cousins and Davis together um, you know it would have been one of those who blinks first um, things you know on the one hand playing cousins and davis together um puts new orleans in a situation where how do they guard golden state small ball lineup on the other hand you know if they're having effect you know if they're being effective with that lineup and um you know scoring around the basket pretty easily and and controlling the glass and, and those kinds of things then you know, would Golden State blink first and, and make an adjustment to their rotation to be able to play a little bigger and match up with Cousins and Davis at the same time? So I think it would have been fascinating. I don't, uh, you know, I think New Orleans would have played at a different tempo than than what they did play at. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know that it would have changed the results, but I think it would have been a, like kind of a fascinating series to see it unfold. Yeah, we got the question, do we think Cousins will stay in New Orleans? And he you know, it's funny how social media plays into things so much now, but there's the conversation that he's unfollowed the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans on Instagram and yada, yada, yada. So what do you think about this? Do you think that, that he sticks around New Orleans, or are you vibing that he's going somewhere else? Well, it kind of depends what's out there and, you know, what um, you know what other opportunities there are for him. I mean, I think uh, – I mean, he certainly thrived next to Davis, and um, they're an interesting, an interesting pair. The flip side of that is, you know, the, does a t- 
team like Boston, for example, um, do they try to package some of their young talent and make a play for Anthony Davis? Um, could that happen? So, uh, you know, with, with, I think before Cousins got hurt, I think it was probably a foregone conclusion that New Orleans is going to try to do whatever they can to, to, to keep him there. But uh, you know, after he got hurt and how they played after he got hurt, um, you know, how much do they want to invest in him? Do you want to do you want to throw huge dollars at him for a long term? Um, then run the risk of being in salary cap purgatory. It's kind of like what's going on in Toronto. So uh, I think that's that. I mean, those are decisions that New Orleans, I think, is really going to have to think through in the off season. Yeah, and and ultimately, and and then the other another question we got was, or do you think that he follows LeBron? And I think that that's. That's viable, depending on where LeBron goes, if it makes sense. I mean, if, I, if I'm LeBron and I go to Philadelphia and I got Ben Simmons with me and I can make that happen, then, you know, I think that that's, that's definitely, and Joel Embiid and whatnot. I think if, I think you know, in all honesty, if LeBron goes to Philly and his kind of swan song is to, is to essentially, you know, try and open this game up and open opportunities up for a young team that's been in the basement for a while, I would, I, I would love to see that. Honestly, I think it would be fun to see something like that. But, you know, with DeMarcus Cousins, it's it's the attitude, too, that you're getting if you're getting DeMarcus Cousins, and, and that's something that you have to look at. People forget about locker rooms and how a locker room is going to be. I think that the locker room of the Raptors lacks somebody who is going to corral the team and create some leadership. I think Dwayne Casey paid for that, but I think that they have to look inward to the team as they move forward. So, I, either way, whatever happens, I could see DeMarcus following LeBron if the cap would allow him to do so. But I think there's going to be some shakeup. I think there needs to be. And I think, Dave, in conclusion, you and I can agree that Kyle Lowry makes way more money than we would have paid him. Well, yeah. I mean, that's he's a large part of the I mean, he's got an unmovable contract. And, um, you know, I, I'll credit Lowry – in this sense, that he took a step back in his game, and defer, like it was always one A and one B there with him and DeRozan. And this year, he allowed DeRozan to be one and him to be two, and I think that really played in Toronto's favor during the regular season. Um, the problem they have, like right now, though, with with his contract, um, and he's he's grossly overpaid. And I mean, I can't believe they'll find anybody else in the league to to take his contract off their hands. Yeah, no, it's crazy, and we actually just had somebody write in that Kyle Lowry should make their salary instead, so kind of interesting there, but with that being said, Dave, I mean, we've opened up to the, the doors to a lot of things. we got Game 2 tonight with the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. We'll be excited to see what happens from there. If this is a one-to-one, then we got something big time to talk about as this team heads over to the West Coast, and we'll have to take it from there. If not, Golden State with a commanding lead going home, is a danger zone for any team. And, and of course, as always, I appreciate you being on the show and, and for everything that you bring to it. I always feel like as much as we talk about, we have so much more on the slate, but that's why we like having you back. So I appreciate it. Well, pleasure to talk with you as always, Dan. All right, take care, Dave. I'll talk with you soon. Talk with you soon. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. 
That coming from Dave Paziak, and we will take a quick step aside. we got to get Frankie Policelli here with you, and you got to listen in to this. This is going to be an amazing, amazing conversation with a great kid in the backyard of upstate and central New York who's heading off to Dayton to do some amazing things, in my opinion. Frankie Policelli coming up after this. Don't miss it. New Hartford, New York, upstate New York, right there where the fourth wall comics and collectibles is, which is our partner of Super Powered Pop with Dan Chitora, our entertainment show located on superpoweredpop.com. And you can send it a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at superpoweredpop. So make sure you check it out. We'll take a fast break and come back with Frankie Policelli and his amazing story coming from upstate New York, heading to Long Island, and now finding himself with a Division I men's basketball opportunity after having 19 offers out of upstate New York. We'll talk to him in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel, creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're proud to be here with you every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And this, these are the moments, okay, there's over a 1,000 people that have been guests on this show. I've lost track, and I love the fact that when people say, you know, who's been on the show you know, name some people. There's people from all over the country. There's people from out of the country, but everybody had a story to tell. And no matter what school that they were a part of or team or sport, whatever it may be, everybody has a unique story. And there's nobody that should be silenced and everybody should be able to tell it. One of the stories that I've loved to tell over the last couple of years, I feel like at this point it's been like three years, but it's and that's insane to me that time has flown by. But Frankie Policelli's been one of those stories. And Frankie is somebody who, when I met him, he had short hair, then he got massive hair, and then he grew, and then he gained weight, and now he's a bigger person. 
and and it's crazy. So it's like you see the person physically grow before your eyes. And if I had the hair that Frankie had, I, it'd drive me nuts. I got to have short hair all the time. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just got to do it. But you know, Frankie, from growing physically in front of you to growing as as a young man to the work that he did with AAU with the New York Jayhawks, and and now having a, a laundry list of teams that wanted him to come play for them, and he's right here in upstate New York, right in New Hartford, and, and you know, right. I mean, for people that know Superpowered Pop, my other show to Wake Up Call, I have the blessing of working with the Fourth Wall Comics and Collectibles, which is in which is 41 New Hartford Center in New Hartford, New York. So right there where that is, you know, Frankie was around the corner, so to speak, from this. So to have him in upstate New York and to see all the offers that he got, to know that he's landed somewhere and that he has a home, like I said, so many stories have been told on the show. This is one of my favorites. Frankie Policelli, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, man. And what did you think about that, that I that I talked about your big hair? Uh, I loved it, you know. I, I kind of missed it, no. Yeah, I know. It's like you, 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 had, you had like a little bit, then you had a lot of bit, and now it's a little bit again. I mean, what's what's going on? I mean, is, is this just kind of, you know, feeling feeling out what you like, what you don't like? Is it is it flavor of the year type of thing what's going on with the hair situation uh, it depends on how i'm feeling you know so like when i first met you i wanted some short hair and i grew it out um and now i'm actually going it out again so i might get the uh, dreads again so we might be seeing frankie policelli with dreads and and here here's a little known fact about me frankie i'm italian and hispanic my hair grows extremely fast but i i for some reason in my life I wanted to have dreadlocks, so I don't know what it is, Frankie. I, I and I have short hair. I love short hair, but you know, you can pull it off. I don't know if I can pull it off, but you can pull it off. And if if you're going, so you, it's is this is this a thing now? Is when you cut the dreads off, do you just do you miss them so much that you bring them back? Because this is going to be how many times have you brought the dreads back? Um, I only had a one time, but like. I've been thinking about it a lot recently, so I might have to bring them out again. I think you, I think I got to live vicariously through you. You got to bring the dreads back. You got to make it happen. All right, I will. <laughs> now, Frankie Policelli, I'm going to read off because this is fun for me because I'm proud of this young man. Dayton, Washington, Iona, Stony Brook, VCU, Hofstra, Manhattan, Towson, St. Bonaventure, Rhode Island, UMass, St. John's, or St. Joe's, pardon me, Rutgers, Old Dominion, Tulane, George Washington, Fordham, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Illinois, and Maryland. For those of you that are playing the home game, that's a whole lot of teams. That is, I believe, right around 20 teams that had offered Frankie Policelli. So if you look at the NCAA tournament, there's 68 teams. So, you know, almost a third of that, you know, we look at, at that being the offers that Frankie had. Frankie, when you and I spoke, you were bringing in a few. You, you had some offers coming through. Just bring me into how everything blew up and, and when everything blew up. Well, I met you right after my sophomore year. So then I had like five offers maybe. Um, and then my junior year, I, I played with the Jayhawks again. Um, I had a really good spring. Um, and then 
my like my phone just started to go off the hook. It just started to go crazy. And then when I came to Luhai, um, they started like blowing up again. So like in those in those like two years, it just like blew up. And, and yeah, and when we did talk, you had you had a bunch of offers, and I know that you had Iona. That was uh, wasn't Iona your first one? Yep. So yeah, you had Iona and Stony Brook, and I think Hofstra, and you know around VCU and whatnot. So when I had met you uh, a few years back, and, and you had that, you had just a few uh, coming through early on. What did it mean to you? Because I know you know everybody says the first offer is special because. It's the first team that believed in you. I know you're not going to Iona, but when you think about Iona, what what can you say about your appreciation that after they said you were good enough to play for them, you know, you had a bunch of teams, more than a dozen teams, following tow after that? Well, it means a lot, you know, because they're a really good program. Um, they make the tournament pretty much every year. Um, they, they're very productive in their league. Um, so I, I was actually, like, more humble than anything, like, like, I remember when I got the phone call, I didn't believe it. I was just like, wow, like, I'm actually going to have the chance to go to Division One." So I was extremely humbled to get it. And to have that opportunity that came through, I mean, you and I spent a lot of time speaking on that when all these other ones started to flow through. Like you said, you know, you, you had like your first five and then eventually the floodgates open. Can you pin, pinpoint the time where the floodgates open? Was there was there a certain game or string of games or tournament or something with the AAU? What what do you feel like opened up the floodgates bigger than anything else? Um, well, I had a, a good spring my junior year, so then I got a lot of interest. Um, and then I went to the Pingos American camp, uh, and I had a I had a pretty good camp. Um, I picked up, I think, like three or four offers in, in like three days. Um, and then once I made the switch to Long Island Lutheran, like schools realized that like I was like my, like this Lutheran like a powerhouse, I guess, in the in the Northeast. So for as a basketball standpoint, they tried to understand that I would get stronger and and I would go against like extremely talented kids every single day so I would only have to get better um, and then we played in a couple like big time tournaments um, like the SOY Invitational uh, the Beach Ball Classic um, so I played pretty good in those and the coaches just started to take notice and when you have that like you said the, the move to Long Island Lutheran I want to go back before that to your time in New Hartford what did you take away from New Hartford, what did it teach you? How did it make you a better, better man, a better player? Before you went off to Long Island Lutheran, what can you say about New Hartford? Uh, New Hartford was a, it's a big reason uh, as to why I'm the man I am today. Because I, I was taught how to be humble and and never to like get a big hat or anything. Because it, it's a small town, so like a lot of people know you, and so like I just so when I transferred schools i just wanted to make everyone back home proud of me so i, I tried my best to just work hard on and off the court and try to make new hartford happy and when you go back to i mean do you know the new hartford shopping center when i was mentioning the fourth wall and whatnot like right over the train tracks thing do you know that that you know kind of strip mall area did you ever go out there yeah yeah i know exactly what that is 
So what was your favorite thing to do in New Hartford? Bring me back to those days. Um, I would just hang out with my friends, honestly, and just like go to the park or, or, or play video games and, and just relax. Best video game that you have ever played, in your opinion? Um, all the 2Ks. All the 2Ks. Who, who, what team are you usually when you're playing 2K? The Celtics. And so I'm, I'm guessing the Celtics are your favorite team? Yes, of course. Okay, fair enough. So I got to take a little break from your story to, to go into this a little bit. Jason Tatum. I got to interview the, the the young man when he played for Duke. He spent one season there and then moved on to the Celtics. They drafted him high. What can you say about his game? Obviously, the Celtics are still alive. They're in the final four of the NBA playoffs. What do you like about Jason Tatum? I like everything about his game because um, he's – He's like just like a, a killer on the court, you know. Um, the way how he shoots, the way how he's smooth with the ball, like he's very versatile. Um, I try to take things from his game, um, just just because we're like the same body type, I guess. And like he's been very successful, so um, he's a really good ball player. And the Boston Celtics. Now I had said this before the season. I actually said it at the end of last season for the NBA. I said, you know, within the next couple of years here, I think we're going to see Boston as the team that has the best chance to dethrone Cleveland on the eastern side of things. And so before the season even started, thinking of before Kyrie Irving came over and having the thought of, you know, Gordon Hayward down the road, whatever, I just said, you know, when it comes to Boston, I have this belief that they could be the team to dethrone the Cavaliers. I said that before any of the games were played. Now that the games have been played and we are where we are, do you believe, I know they're your favorite team, so I know it's hard, but impartially, try to look at this as impartial as you can, do you think that, that Boston has what it takes to take down King James? Um, I think so. Um, they, they're, they're, they're pretty balanced right now. Um, they have like three to four really good ball players, and they're two-way players, so the offense and defense. So I think that they will outlast the Cavaliers just because um, LeBron's pretty much like a one-man team right now. So <laughs> I'm going with the Celtics. And we look at, we're speaking here with Frankie Policelli, who is heading to Dayton here for the 2018-19 season to start things off in his collegiate career. The Celtics, you know, I brought up the fact that they have not been able to lean on people that you would think that they would be leaning on. Those those names being Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. We spoke on Jason Tatum and whatnot. Terry Rozier, another guy that I covered from Louisville, and had one of the coolest things in his in his uh, hair is that he had them cut in a little swirl in the front. We were speaking about hair before, but Terry Rozier is uh, he's one of those guys that. I feel like flew under the radar. I don't think a lot of people expected him to be the second highest scorer on the team behind Jason Tatum by only .6 points. And not only is Terry a good scorer, but Terry also has about a six assists per game. And he seems to like to stir the pot when he called Eric Bledsoe Drew Bledsoe. What do you think about Terry Rozier, Frankie Policelli? What do you think about him? I love his game. He's just a dog. 
So, I mean, he's not going to back down from anyone. And that's what you need on a team that's going to try to win chips. Like, you need someone like that on your team. And because and, they're like a spark for, for any team. So that's just really good to have. And we, I mean, we look at the guys that are on this team, you know, it's, it's names that people don't necessarily think of, you know, household Jalen Brown, who's from California, uh, Marcus Morris, which was, who, who's part of the twins that played under Bill Self in Kansas. You know, you have Marcus Smart, who came out of Oklahoma State. Shane Larkin, another guy that I interviewed, came out of Miami. Uh, Semi Ojale, who came out of SMU. When you look at this roster, are you surprised, Frankie, when you see that, that this team, this Boston Celtics team, without the quote-unquote superstars, the Kyrie Irvings, the Isaiah Thomases, and and the Gordon Haywards, are you surprised that they got this far? Um, Just a little bit. But then, like, if you just step back and just think about it, like, since they're not really superstars yet, they all have, they all have something to prove. So that's why they play so hard and, and together, because the one thing that they all care about is is winning. So, like, you know, they're not really concerned about who, who gets the credit for this and who gets the credit for that. They, they just want to win. And Isaiah Thomas, I know you're a Celtics fan. Do you miss Isaiah Thomas? Now, I, now and, and let me preface this. I liked Isaiah. I wanted to see him win a championship with Boston. But my aunt is a massive Boston fan. Massive, massive Boston. She lives in Massachusetts. My Aunt Donna, shout out to you. And she had said to me that, uh, you know, people were talking about how he had made the statement, Isaiah Thomas, he that when he wanted to get a, a new contract, he said, you better back up the Brink truck. And that obviously made people a little bit not happy. So what did you think about the personality of Isaiah Thomas, and do you miss Isaiah Thomas? Um, like obviously I miss him because he was just fun to watch. But um, I think the team is, is jelly more without him. So it's like a, a bittersweet question, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're doing better without him. But no Kyrie Irving, no Gordon Hayward. What's that doing for you? I mean, your team's still playing, but obviously – you want to see these guys play as well. So what's that been like for you as a fan to, A, know that the team's playing well without them, and, B, obviously you want to you want to see those guys on the floor? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough not having them on the court, but it's also very promising for the Celtics because they're, they're playing so well without two extremely good players. So you can only imagine what's going to happen next year when they come back. Absolutely. Speaking here with Frankie Policelli coming in 2018-19 to the Dayton Flyers. Frankie, a bunch of these teams all over all different conferences, Division One for you. Who was, who was the team or the teams that were hardest for you to say no to? Um, I mean, they were all, all, all pretty hard. Wow. But, I mean, I chose Dayton, so... <laughs> I mean, it, it was hard because I had a lot of schools texting me at, at, at one point. Um, I just can't like pinpoint one school. And when we look at the Atlantic Ten, 
which is obviously more than 10 teams now. There's, there's more than 10 in the Atlantic 10. That's the funny part of conferences that went by numbers with realignment and everything. You're going to be at Dayton, Rhode Island, who offered you, St. Bonnie's, who offered you, St. Joe's, VCU. So you got, you got four right there. Then you add a fifth in George Washington, a sixth in UMass, and a seventh in Fordham. You got the majority, you know, of this Atlantic 10 that wanted you to play for them, you count in Dayton and there's eight. So when you look at that and look at the fact that this conference really, really, you know, they wanted you and somebody was going to get you out of the 14 teams in the Atlantic 10, more than half of them offered you, you get to play all those teams every single season. What's that going to be like for you going up against other teams that recruited you? Um, I really even thought about it like that, but it's going to be fun. Um, and I know that um, they know all my games like 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 to a T, so that means that I just got to adapt because obviously um, like they know how I play and, and what's my weaknesses, so um, I'm just going to have to adapt and, and try to do as best as I can. The Dayton Flyers play, obviously, at the University of Dayton Arena. And that arena is going through some enhancements. I was down at the arena for the first four. That's where the first four is every season on the NCAA tournament on the men's Division One side. So, you know, people get to see that stage all the time. What does that mean to you? Obviously, you want Dayton to be in the tournament while you're there, and you want to be playing in the tournament. But to know that the tournament comes to Dayton, too, just what that dynamic is like for you, knowing that there's people from all over the country and in and out of the world that come to Dayton, Ohio every year for the tournament? Um, it's, it's actually really amazing to think about it. Out of all the, the arenas that you play at, they play at um, the Dayton Arena every single year. Um, so that just like puts an emphasis on, on how strong the basketball community is up in Dayton, that they keep coming back year after year. Um, like it's a, it's a great basketball region. In the, in the United States. And to look at, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit off the air, but Dayton is that team that is always there. They're right on the cusp. They're that team that almost makes the NCAA tournament or makes the NCAA tournament. They've gone up against Syracuse and won. Syracuse had Alan, Ra- Alan Griffin, who was on the team, and then was a grad assistant and then ended up in Dayton as an assistant coach, went up against Syracuse, beat Syracuse, and now is back in Syracuse. So there's this connection to Central New York and whatnot with Dayton, and there's this this fact that Dayton is that team that's, if they don't get in the tournament, they're usually close. So just what that means to you to know that you're going on a team that needs just a little bit more of a push to get into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, um, They've they've been on the brink for um, a long time, like they've been in and out. Um, but like it would be a crazy to play in the NCAA tournament, and I feel like we can we can make it and, and make a run. Um, like it's it's gonna be a really fun year this year. So I'm just hoping that everything works out and we just handle our business. And, and Frankie, you said that it's gonna be a pretty young team with the Dayton Flyers. What have they told you about playing? I mean, obviously you got to go to practice, you got to go to work, you got to compete and do what you need to do, and that's all in front of you. 
but have they given you the notion that if you do what you need to do in practice, that there is an opportunity for you to play right away? Um, yeah, they they told me you know um, there's going to be an opportunity, but I have to I have to work for it, and nothing is going to be guaranteed. You know, I, I I can't just come in there and think that I'm I'm going to play because I won't. Um, they like it's a it's a it's a really talented team, so I have to work every single day in practice and and just try to get better. So when the time does come, that I'll be ready to get in the game. Speaking here with Frankie Paul Chelly, 2018-19, heading off to Dayton. What did it for you with Dayton? What was so special about Dayton that out of this long list of teams that wanted you to play for them, that Dayton was the the ultimate right fit for you? Bring me into the decision-making process and what ultimately led you there. Um, it, it was like a family atmosphere when, when I uh, got to campus. Um, like I was extremely comfortable with the coaching staff and the players. Um, the campus was was uh, really really cool. Like the the, the setup was was nice. I, I like the setup. Um, it was just like a family atmosphere, and I was really comfortable. And then the basketball standpoint, that speaks for itself. You know, they have a really good tradition. And then the academic um, part was was also a huge factor in my uh, commitment. And academically, do you know what you want to study? Um, I was thinking about like. Um, physical therapy or um, something along those lines. Uh, maybe communications or broadcasting. So, like, maybe that could be like a color analysis or something. I, I just want to stay around the game for as long as possible. You know? No, I definitely hear that. And, you know, I also hear that there's this company, Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, that has this show, Wake Up Call, that you may be on right now. And, you know, they're. They, they do internships and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if if you – I mean, I could put in a good word to Dan if you want me to. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and, and Frankie, before I, I let you go here, uh, two quick things. Uh, one of them, we want to get you on rapid fire here for a second. But the, the other part of it is, you know, just, just what you can say about finally realizing this moment. I mean, you and I spoke about this moment for the last few years, and we are where we are right now. So – it's tangible. It's real. It's going to happen. You're going to be on campus soon. Just what you could tell me about making the decision, knowing that it's over, and and now being in this reality. Yeah, it was it was a long process. It was like two and a half years, three years, or however long it was. But I just feel really relieved and happy that I've like committed to dating. You know, um, I felt like it was a perfect fit. Um, you know, just going throughout the process was, was was fun, but like towards the end, I was like, you know, I got to end it. So I committed to Dayton. I'm extremely happy I did. And having that commitment moving forward, you're going to be at Dayton, Ohio, and Dave Chappelle is, is in that area region. So if you bump into Dave Chappelle, will you and can you – keep him wherever he is at long enough for me to get on a flight is all I need to know. <laughs> I could try. <laughs> and, and Frankie, we're going to, what'd you say? I said I'll work my magic. All right. Fair enough. Now, Frankie, uh, rapid fire here. And, and I feel like we've done this before a little bit, but 
I want to uh, jump into this. It's it's a special segment I've done for years on the broadcast. I'm gonna throw a bunch of questions at you. Could have to do with basketball, but sparingly. Could be about anything. And then what I'm gonna do that I don't think I I did last time is I'm gonna let you turn and flip the script on me, and you get to ask me questions. So we're gonna be fair to we fair to this by uh, letting you interview me for a second and get those communications and broadcasting skills up to par. Are you ready for that? Oh yeah, I'm ready. All right, fair enough. So since I think you know I, I threw you on the hot seat. Uh, a little while ago in the past year, I'm not going to ask you too many. I'm going to give you more of the stage. So I'll ask you, I'll ask you three, but I'll let you ask a few more. So my first one to you is on your bucket list, Mr. Frankie Policelli. Give me three things that are must do's before your life is done. What are three things you need to do? I need to go to Italy. Okay. I need to go to Egypt. Okay. Well, if, if skydiving, I want to do that too, and I haven't done it yet, so you need to call me on that one. Italy, you need to call me. Egypt is not that far away from Italy, and I. But I got to ask, why? I, I know that you got the Italian background, but what what is it about Egypt that draws you? Uh, my friend Isam Mustafa, he's from Egypt, and he always talks about it. So I want to go go and um, visit Egypt with him. All right, fair enough. My second question for you is. If anyone could play you in a movie, tell me the person, the famous person that would play you in a movie. Will Smith. Fair enough. Why Will Smith? Um, well, a lot of people say that we look alike a little bit. Um, and he's like kind of funny and goofy. I think mean, I'm kind of funny and goofy. So I think it would work out good. All right, I can I can feel that. I can understand that. My last question for you is if I had to go up on stage and tell everybody you're sitting there in the audience and we're we're doing a, we're doing an award and you're getting the award. What's the one thing that you would hope that I would say about you and the type of person you are? going, I'm caring, and I'm very outgoing. All right, fair enough. All right, Frankie, I asked you three. I'm going to let you ask me five, and I'm going to let you start right now. So you get you get the majority whenever you're ready. Go ahead. All right. What's your celebrity crush? Well, Frankie knows I'm married, so this is always fun. <laughs> but I... <laughs> And the funny thing is, my wife always there's one person my wife always picks. So, because uh, she, you know, before I met her and whatever. So I will tell you this: there's there's two people. Jennifer Aniston's one of them. The other one is, I mean, and, and this is I don't know what she looks like now. I haven't really seen her these days. So, but growing up, I had her poster in my uh, in kind of like my man cave, and that was Tyra Banks. So. We'll give it to Tyra and Jennifer Aniston. What's your other question? Alright, um if you were skydiving and you forgot your parachute, <laughs> how would you, how would you land? Well, I've always had a connection with angels. 
and I believe in God. So I would say to God, if I do have, if I, if I have those wings that I think that I might have, could you let them come out now? I, I would try and hold on to the, if I knew when I jumped out of the plane in a split second, I'd try to hold on to the plane like Mission Impossible. And if, if none of that worked, then I would try to make myself, I, I, I guess, you know, just float as much, as evenly as I could. And then I know that if you, you could kind of direct yourself, if you, you know, put yourself in like a pencil fashion. So I try and direct my body toward whatever I could find that might be a safer landing than landing straight down on the ground. Okay. All right. What else you got? Your questions are so hard, man. This is ridiculous. You got three more questions. I already feel like I'm sweating a little bit in the studio. What else you got? All right, all right, I'll, I'll do an easy one. All right, go ahead. Um, if Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas all give you a contract, which one would you take? Oh, man. Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas. You know what? I'm going to say Under Armour because it came after Nike and Adidas, and I think... Their stuff is really comfortable, and they make Transformers and Marvel superhero Under Armour shirts. So I would have them. I'd have them make me a superhero and make my own Under Armour shirt. All right. All right. What else you got? Um, I feel like we talked about this one before, but LeBron James or Michael Jordan? I don't. <laughs> I don't like this question because it's so hard. I feel like it's a generational thing. I really do. I feel like, okay, people who are just going to college or about to go to college, like yourself, would say LeBron James most of the time. I feel like people that are in their 30s or, you know, between 30 and and 50 might say Michael Jordan. I grew up with Michael Jordan. I watched LeBron James. Michael Jordan had an ego, but LeBron James's ego, dare I say it, I think is is more. I think it's worse. When he made the game-winning shot 105-103 to 103 against the Raptors in the series this year, and they were interviewing him about the shot and being prepared for it, I didn't hear him name his teammates, I think, maybe once, but probably not in 15 minutes. It was oh, I did this, and I know how to do this, and I practiced this, and I knew I could get down the court, and I knew I could do this, and I knew I could do that. There was no, this guy set a pick, this guy helped me out, this guy did this, thank God that my team did this so that we could get to a point where we were tied. So I don't like LeBron's ego. And Michael Jordan could fly. So I would say Michael Jordan. I understand when people say LeBron James but LeBron, I just feel like his ego is just, it's just, he's got a huge, I don't know how, I don't know how he fits his head in the stadium sometimes. <laughs> so, is that fair to say? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's a really hard um, debate. But I right now I'm favoring LeBron James. I think he's better. But I know that's going to be very controversial. It's tough, man. It's tough. I understand when people say LeBron. And I understand when people say Michael Jordan. But it's just, it's so hard. I mean, Michael, Michael Jordan, man. I mean, that that was, it's, there's just something about, 
some of my, but the thing is too, like I love Magic Johnson, and yeah. you know I loved watching Magic Johnson, and, and so you know for me there, I think the first time I ever saw Magic Johnson, I walked by my TV growing up as a little kid in our house, and I walked by the TV and I saw this guy, and he's coming right at you on the screen, and he had the ball in his hands, and then he put it behind his back and it disappeared, and. Then the guy behind him ends up, I think he dunked it or laid it in or whatever. And I said, where did that ball go? And it was Magic Johnson. And I was like, that's how he played. He made it look like magic tricks. So I loved watching Magic. And I loved Reggie Miller because nobody could stop Reggie Miller. Hardly. And then, I mean, Reggie Miller and and just the way that he used to taunt Spud Webb and Spud taunts him and Gary Payton you know you got to think about it this way Frankie when Gary play when Gary Payton played basketball there was defense there's no defense anymore you know so it's just you know to me it's it's tough man eras are tough but like I said I understand either or but I thought Michael Jordan loved himself some Michael Jordan after I saw LeBron James I made the statement last Last Saturday, I made the statement. I said, I don't think anybody loves LeBron James more than LeBron James. So, <laughs> what's your final question for me? All right, for next year's NCAA championship, who do you have winning? Oh, my gosh. Darn it. You're going to be like my early, early, early one because I did – somebody asked me during this past season, they said, if you had to put your feet to the fire right now – Who's going? Who's going to win the national championship? And I said, "There's 351 teams." This was like in January or something. I said, "If I have to tell you right now in this moment, it's going to be Virginia or Villanova." And damn it, I was right about Villanova. And with Virginia, even though they lost, they were the number one overall seed. They were the ACC regular season champion and tournament champion. So, to Dan of the past, I was spot on. So now that I have to back up my Virginia Villanova thing because Villanova won and Virginia was a a damn good team before they kind of lost control there, I am now being asked by Mr. Frankie Policelli to make an earlier, early push. So this is tough. I can't, it's hard for me to, to choose Kansas because I feel like I know the Kansas is good, but they're, they're overrated. So, this is going to be tough for me. I'm going to say, I'm sitting here. I want to say Villanova, but I know Villanova is changing. So, that's that's a tough part of this. So, let me, let me think here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and figure this out while we're, see, this is the thing about when you're, when you're doing something in the moment is that, you know, Frankie just put me on the spot. So, yeah, all right. It is hard. It's very hard, man. So let me let me think about it. You know I'm gonna come back at you with this one though. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you on the hot seat. So okay, so Kansas, I know it, it's tough. I know it's easy for people to say that. I don't know. I mean I gotta trust my gut. I, I, I guess I would say if it was up to me right now, I would say Duke or Villanova. I think Duke is due to get deep in the tournament. I think Villanova is relevant again. Jay Wright's been there for a really long time, and he's won two out of the last three championships. 
Some people might have forgot that Jay Wright was even coaching still. And I mean, it's, it's really hard for a coach to be relevant than to dip and then to be relevant again. I mean, he has been, he's never really been irrelevant in the sense of making the tournament, but I mean, to be a coach and to not be going to the final four in the championship game and then do what he did two out of the last three years. I mean, Villanova is just, they're ridiculous. And I know Kansas is always high in Kentucky, but I don't buy Kentucky and I don't buy Kansas. Kansas might do some great things, but I guess I would say Duke or Villanova. But because you made me do this way, 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 way too early, I'm going to throw it on you. Who's going to the championship? Who's winning? Um, I think Dayton's going to make a nice run next year. You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dayton's going to make a nice run too. I mean, I, I think that the uh, the Dayton Flyers, you guys got an opportunity. And like I said, it's a team on the cusp. So you go in there and you take care of your business. The rest of the guys go in and take care of their business. There's no telling what can happen. I will say this about the Atlantic 10, and that is that it's it's one of the most exciting conferences. Anybody listening right now, if you don't watch the Atlantic 10, please just oblige me for a game or two and watch the A-10. I know there's a lot of Syracuse fans that listen in, so you know watch it. When Syracuse is, if Syracuse is playing on a Monday, Dayton's playing on Tuesday, then get in front of your seat and you're getting in front of the, uh, the, the TV and watch this Rhode Island, St. Bonnie's, you know, I mean, St. Joe's was a team that used to be relevant and could do it again. I mean, Davidson, that's where Steph Curry came from. St. Bonnie's is back. And I think that they're going to be a pain in the butt. Rhode Island has been a pain in the butt. VCU, even without Shaka Smart, has been relevant. George Mason was one of those teams that made it far in the tournament before when they weren't supposed to. St. Louis Billikens have done some good things. The Richmond Spiders beat Syracuse in history when they were a 15 seed. Then you got, you know, teams like UMass who had Marcus Camby in the past. And of course you have the Dayton Flyers. So I think the A-10 is awesome. I think that the competition is awesome. And I think that the Dayton Flyers are trying to get off that runway, and and I'm thinking that Frankie Policelli is going to help them do that. I appreciate it. So you got to make sure that you you go to work. But, you know, as always, and I know that you will, but as always, Frankie, I I appreciate everything. And and my one final note, since we didn't mention it, Jay David, New York Jayhawks, I know that you are part of the AAU team. You told me off the air you'll always be a part of it, you know, by helping out, and, and you just helped out recently. Just what you could say about Jay David and about the uh, New York Jayhawks AAU team. Yeah, I mean, um, he's, he's taking good care of me. Um, he's, he's a great guy. He's helped me a lot throughout this process. Um, he's taught me a lot. Um, as for the Jayhawks, you know, I've, I've learned so much from all the coaches in, in the program um, and all the teammates that I've had in, in the program. We're all like brothers. Like we, we all text each other every single day, call each other, FaceTime, whatever it is. And and I, and like that's not gonna change, and and all the new kids that came in this year, we're still just as close. And Frankie, sometimes AAUs get a bad rap for saying that they don't guide players in the right direction. Why is the New York Jayhawks AAU team different? Um. Well, I mean, well, because we 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 bring in guys that want to get better and that have. Um, high character. Because Coach Jay's thing is like high character, 
um, great academics, and then basketball is third on the list. So, um, you know, we, we, we bring in guys that that want to get better on and off the court and that will, you know, carry themselves in a proper manner. Ladies and gentlemen, Frankie Policelli, Dayton Flyers, 2018-19, and somebody who I'm very proud of for all the work that he's put forward. Frankie, as always, I appreciate it. I know that you and I are going to keep in touch as we always do, but thank you for being a part of the show today and say hi to the family and the other two of the triplet crew. I will. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, man. Be good. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. This is a wake-up call fast break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and greatly appreciate you being a part of the show, however you're a part of the show, be it inside of Twitter at CallDT, Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, Instagram at wakeupcall underscore DT, as well as, of course, every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time live here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and on wakeupcalldt.com where you can get the show archive of over 960 broadcasts on the RSS feed, the iTunes store, as well as the app powered by Podbean. So make sure that you're tuning in. Big thanks to Frankie Policelli for being a part of the show, and a congratulations to the Dayton Flyers for snagging this one and getting an opportunity to have Frankie Policelli wear red. Dayton, Washington, Iona, Stony Brook, VCU, Hofstra, Manhattan, Towson, St. Bonaventure, Rhode Island, UMass, St. Joe's, Rutgers, Old Dominion, Tulane, George Washington, Fordham, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Illinois, and Maryland. All said, Frankie Policelli, here's an offer, and he said yes to the Dayton 
Flyers, which is absolutely amazing. They average about 13,000 people per game. They are doing a renovation of the University of Dayton Arena, which I had been to for the first four and watched Syracuse play there as well as St. Bonnie's and whatnot. And I'm very excited about what this is going to turn into for Frankie Policelli. He's They're looking at him to play a stretch four or small forward, and they play three guards. So they're looking at him being a stretch four or, like I said, a small forward on the team, currently weighing two, between 205 and 210 as he looked to put on some muscle and some weight as he got taller, faster, stronger, and getting ready for the Dayton Flyers coming up in the 2018-19 season. So awesome, awesome and amazing moment for him, and, and much appreciation to Frankie Policelli for being a part of this broadcast. I want to thank him for that. So with that being said, let's move on here and finish off today's broadcast with a few minutes left to go here on Wednesday, May 16th. I want to let everybody know that coming up less than a week from today, Tuesday, May 22nd, we're going to be doing something new and and innovative, something we haven't done before with our live broadcast on site. So for those of you that know us at the Wildcat Sports Pub, we go out to Camillus, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, right in the Home Depot Plaza, to the Wildcat Sports Pub. And we do a monthly show there every single month there with you, and we do a lot with West Genesee. We've had their football team come out and do an event with us along with the football team. We have also had the men's basketball, the boys basketball team, the girls basketball team come out and do events with us as well. We've had men's ice hockey there, and and uh, of course we've had boys lacrosse. So we want to thank them all for being a part of that. We'll have a show coming up at the Wildcat later on this month that we're very excited about. And then across town at Chick-fil-A Cicero, we feature CNS, Cicero North Syracuse North Stars, and we have currently featured the girls lacrosse team and the boys lacrosse team. This month we're doing something different, and instead of having a single team there, we're doing a special showcase event at Chick-fil-A Cicero this coming Tuesday, May 22nd, starting at 6 p.m. It's called Remarkable Athletes Senior Spotlight, and it will feature Amani Free from Girls Basketball at CNS, Eric Pride from Football at CNS, Jessica Manili from Girls Across, and Lucas Merluzzi from, or Meluzzi from Football and Basketball, who will be joining us at CNS for, or, or at, at Chick-fil-A Cicero as I jump over myself twice, at Chick-fil-A Cicero for a special Cicero North Syracuse event. So every single month at the Wildcat, we have the West Genesee teams. We have a rotation of different teams that come in and different representation and whatnot. And then across town in Cicero, New York, every single month with Chick-fil-A Cicero, we feature the Cicero North Syracuse North Stars, and I'm really excited to have Amani, Eric, Jessica, and Lucas be a part of this. I've known Amani Free since she was a little kid playing the sport, probably half her height or less than half her height when I first met her, and I can't wait for this opportunity for the Remarkable Athletes Senior Spotlight live broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora from Chick-fil-A Cicero this Tuesday, May 22nd, beginning at 6 p.m., so come and see us on 7916 Brewerton Road, right in front of the Home Depot. See us there at Chick-fil-A Cicero, the only Chick-fil-A in upstate New York. Come hang out with us at Chick-fil-A Cicero, Tuesday, May 22nd at 6 p.m. for a remarkable athlete senior spotlight 
with Amani, Eric, Jessica, and Lucas representing girls basketball, boys basketball, football, and girls lacrosse all in one single CNS event where we're spotlighting them at Chick-fil-A Cicero. So we look forward to seeing you there this coming Tuesday, May 22nd at 6 p.m. With that being said, and as we look through what's going on in the rest of the sports world, I want to get you ready for tomorrow as well, our new Thursday segment and what we have going on. This will be our third installment of it, and we love doing this broadcast. It's with Katie Kalinske. She spent seven years on Jim Beheim's staff at Syracuse. She worked with Mike Hopkins, Alan Griffin, Kip Wellman, Brad Pike, as well as the entire team there, Adrian Autry, Jerry McNamara, so on and so forth, and worked with players like Dion Waiters to Rakeem Christmas to Trevor Cooney. She's also worked out Brianna Stewart, who is from CNS and has moved on to UConn and then moved on from there to the WNBA in Seattle and whatnot. So she's worked out with her and, of course, a bunch of the Syracuse women's basketball players that were coached by Quentin Hillsman. So she's done a lot of work and has amazing stories. She's going to tell some of her stories and, and have and have uh, we're going to have a great time, as we always do, with Katie Kalinske in a new segment that we started just a couple weeks ago on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora exclusively every Thursday called Coaching with Class featuring Katie Kalinske. So she's going to be joining me in a little bit. We're going to speak on Becky Hammond, too, the opportunity for to have the first female-led NBA team, first female head coach in the NBA and what that can mean and, and the talent of Becky Hammond that goes beyond that because I'm like Dave Baziak. I don't want to be like, oh, hire her because she's a woman or hire this because of this. I don't want to do that. I want to say everybody deserves an equal opportunity, but if I'm Becky Hammond, I don't want a team to hire me because it'll be a lightning rod, because it'll be good ratings, because it'll get the media there. I want somebody to hire or because I'm a woman or because I'm this, that, and the other. If I'm Becky Hammond, I want to be hired because my work precedes me and what I've done in my career was good enough to give me a chance. That's what I want. So you want equal opportunity is one side of the coin. The other side of it is you don't want to get the job just because you're a woman, just because it would be good ratings, just because it would help out the team to get the media there. So we're going to speak on Becky Hammond and so much more tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time in Coaching with Class with Katie Kalinske, a signature segment that was just added to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And we will also get into Through the Looking Glass at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time to round out the show, where we take a deeper look at a trending topic, proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events, your event planning business in Central and Upstate New York. If you have an event, no matter how big or how small it is or what, you're planning on doing anniversary, birthday party, sports banquet, whatever it may be, you know who to call. 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. To Kara Wasserback and the team at Looking Glass Events. So make sure that you call them for your event planning needs. So we'll have that segment on the show. Two signature segments on Thursday's broadcast. And inevitably we'll talk some Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, and we'll get into the NFL a little bit as well because, you know, I like to stick around with the NFL and there's always something in fantasy football that never ends and there's always something when it comes to the NFL in general. Des Bryant appreciated the Ravens' offer but does not regret the offer. So I want to I want to take a look at what he had to say, turning down the offer, I should say. Uh, Des Bryant, let's see what he has here in his 
thoughts here. He said, nope, not one bit, and very appreciative, appreciative for the offer. What's crazy is how reports like this will try to tarnish someone's character the slight jab saying it's not easy to get along with. I thought the media would give up by now with betraying me as something that I'm not. Well, I can tell you this, Des. There will always be people in the media that will betray you. There will always be people in the media that will lie to you. But I can also promise you that if you ever want to come on this show, I'm not one of those people. And you have more than an opportunity, more than enough of an opportunity to state your case, to tell your story, and to let us know what your true reaction has been to things, what truly happened in Dallas, what truly unfolded, and why you said no to Baltimore, as opposed to how people have twisted and moved your words around. We don't do that on the show. Frankie Policelli, what you see is what you get. No twisting, no nothing. Anybody that's been on the broadcast, Dave Paziak, we don't twist words, we don't edit the show and flip words around and this, that, and the other thing. We play it like it is, and we continue to play it like it is, because without hearing things the real way, what other way is there? So what my confusion is is that Des Bryant still does not have a job. That is my confusion. From number one to nothing makes absolutely no sense. I could find space for Des Bryant on my team. So I don't know how nobody has done that up to this point, find a spot for Des Bryant. So let's find one. Let's make it happen. We'll talk about some more NFL coming up in tomorrow's broadcast. Join us back here Thursday, May 17th. Live, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCall. DT, you can pick it all up on WakeUpCallDT.com on the homepage as well as the RSS feed, the iTunes store, and the app powered by Podbean where we have over 102,000 show downloads and more. That's just a fraction, a small fraction of the amount of plays that we have on the broadcast. So if you're thinking over 100,000 downloads, that doesn't even scratch the surface of the plays that we have potentially gotten over the years, somewhere between, I think it's fair to say, 300 to 350,000 plays that we have gotten to this. So make sure that you're going, downloading, and and keeping that wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. You can pick it up right on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com by clicking on Podbean. Don't miss a moment of all these shows that we have and that we keep for you and share with you. So make sure that you connect with the show as often as you possibly can. And thank you for doing it live every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Have a great day. God bless you. And I can't wait to talk with you soon. Thank you so much to Chick-fil-A Cicero for our upcoming event. We can't wait to share that with you.